Welcome to the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a longtime spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondyloarthritis Podcast. You know, part of my idea for this show was that it was to reach out and bring the entire spondyloarthritis community together and share information that makes all of our lives better. Part of doing that was my second largest source of downloads for the show is my neighbor to the north, Canada, a place that I've grown up my whole life going to all through Ontario and some other areas. And one of the things that all of us face is the decision of one day maybe we're going to have to decide to go on disability. I've had an American attorney on to talk about the American system, but I wanted to have a Canadian attorney on to talk about the benefits and the process of working through the Canadian system. And to do that, I brought on David Brennan. David, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. I am excited to be here. You are a attorney out of Halifax, Nova Scotia area. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. I'm on the East Coast, but I practice nationwide. There's a couple different areas that you can specialize in or look at for disability with Canadians, and one of them is the CPP, the Canadian Pension Plan. Did I say that right? That's right. Canada Pension Plan Disability. It's often shortened to CPP Disability. And then you also can work with if somebody has a private insurance, private disability policy, and they're deciding to maybe make a claim against that. Exactly. Overall, with these two systems, if I'm a Canadian and I'm in, it doesn't matter where, you know, Mississauga, anywhere, and I decide that my spondyloarthritis is a point where I need to look at disability, what is really the process in Canada? say, compared to the United States, or I guess it really doesn't matter. How would a Canadian approach it? We actually have a guide we give people called a sick leave guide, but I tell people to approach it before you even stop work and to start investigating. What you'd want to look at is you recommend people do an inventory of what benefits are available to them. And in Canada, usually there's a, a number of benefits. One would be what we've talked about, the Canada Pension Plan Disability. That's available for anyone who has worked and paid into the system. And that's a long-term disability that's difficult to get. You have to be completely unable to work same as the social security in the U.S. Now, the other thing that some Canadians will have through their workplace is either short-term or long-term disability benefits. Again, that's not everyone has that, but you want to investigate to see if you have those benefits because they will cover you in the short term for up to like usually 17 weeks. And then some people have long-term disability insurance that would cover them to age 65. So we tell people to take stock of what you have and keep in mind that there's those two benefits available. The only other one I'd mention, Jason, is there is another one Canada has as part of its employment insurance or unemployment insurance. If you're unemployed because of disability, there's also a 15-week short-term program there for that as well. So those are the things I tell people to keep in mind if you are thinking that you may have to go off work and we tell people to plan early. Here in the States, when I decided that I was considering disability, my primary care doctor had told me probably two years before I finally decided, he goes, you're just not going to make it that much longer. You need to really consider disability. So it was at that point I started learning how the social security system worked, what I was eligible for, and how the process kind of went forward. You know, it's still a vacuum 
at least in the States, when you put everything in and you, you just kind of hurry up and wait. Is the Canadian system similar to that? It is. Yeah, I do work and have a lot of colleagues in the U.S. Some of our process does work faster up here, but it is the same idea. Like people who are involved will still tell you it takes a long time. And if I could, like what, what you just described is exactly the experience we see people have with disability. Most people on disability have a chronic condition that worsens over time. If I could tell your listeners anything, if this applies to them, that they need to do like you did. Two years out is not on unreasonable that you can see this coming down the road. You should be making sure that your condition is well documented with your doctor. You're talking about it. You need to build this kind of foundation and it's very helpful to start it as soon as you can. Talk about with your doctor how it affects your work. Talk about the type of things you've done to try to stay at work and create that record so that when the time comes that you have to go off work, you can show this history that's there. It's so important to do that. Again, I hate to assume anything, but here in the States, it's very helpful to be consistent with doctor's appointments. If it's every six months, every year for specialty type doctors like rheumatologists or orthopedic surgeons, things of that nature. And as you said, you're building that foundational case as to why you're getting worse, why you're not getting better, even though you're seeking all the uh, correct treatments. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. It's just not getting better because it's a progressively worse disease. The big mistake people make with disability claims is they tend to rely too much on them telling the story themselves. And that's just not convincing to the decision makers who are usually judges or other people at insurance companies. They like documents. So when you can build a record of documents that are created by other people, like your doctor, like at your work, if you if they've done some changes to help you try to stay at work longer, those are super powerful. And they will corroborate when you tell the story that you've gotten worse over time. They can now see a record that you've been going to the doctor regularly. Your medications have been upped or increased. It really corroborates that this is a story of someone struggling to stay at work and doing everything they could do to get better. And that's what you mean as far as when you work with clients, that story alignment method, Yes. how you get that process to go so that you're making it easy for the people at the CPP to say, yeah, this person is disabled. Next. Yeah, exactly. This story alignment, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That is something, and I really want to give all due credit. There was a group of lawyers in the U.S. that they really came up with this and discovered this idea. But the key premise of what they found was that the secret to winning any legal case is not to focus on what you think is important. It is to zero in on the decision maker and focus on what they expect, what they believe, and what pressures that they may be under. One thing to know is that any decision maker, and whether you're in Canada or the US, they're going to want to focus on seeing that you have demonstrated that you've done all you can do to get better, that you've done all you can do to stay at work. And the more you can have records that document that, the more convincing it will be, and your story will be much more powerful. Your story will be built with evidence that the decision maker expects. What happens for somebody, let's say, because spondyloarthritis can have, you know, mine started when I was 10, I was diagnosed at 14. Well, I was lucky enough to work a number of years. What about that person that's say 22, 23, 25 years old that just has not had that long term to build up? They're young. The caseworkers are going to look at them and say, generally, I would think, what's wrong? Why are you not at work? Anyone under, I say anyone under like 40 especially in the 20s and 30s, it is extremely hard to win a disability case because there's this idea out there that young people can't be disabled with chronic conditions, that they don't want to write people off and this kind of thing. So if you're a young person, it's more important than ever that you get objective testing done. And for spondyloarthritis, that means make sure you get any diagnostic imaging that can verify what's going on, showing the inflammation, degeneration, genetic testing sometimes, anything that can really validate what you have. It's going to be more important for you to show that you've done all the right treatment and that 
you've made some attempts to work. So even if you don't have a long work history, you'd want to show that you've made some attempts to work or how it's affected your schooling or other activities of daily living, if, if depending on how young you are. But most people will have some effect on their school and that can translate right over to work as well. With spondyl arthritis, in a lot of cases, you get that extreme fatigue. It varies in everybody, but I know that can affect your ability to work. It can affect your ability to function. One of the things I liked when I reviewed your website before I even reached out to you was you offer these two fantastic eBooks, which is a beginner's guide to CPP disability or a beginner's guide to disability insurance claims, which would be, as you explained to me, your private insurance. If there's somebody in Canada that is considering, I, I really need to pull the plug or I, I'm, I see this coming down in my future, they can get either one of those and start to build that case with you. Is that how you like to approach working with somebody? At Resident Legal, we firmly believe in educating people first. So those books are free for download. You can download them and you don't have to have any interaction with us, actually. You can download those and just start learning and researching on your own. We like to work with people who are online researchers, who are really, those are our people. And we serve those people because we do a lot of online information. But yeah, I always recommend people start by getting the books. I like for people who have read our books, watched our videos and have our content before they talk to us, because I find they're more well-informed that they're going to be committed to working. And with us, like we're so committed to this idea of the story alignment method. Often it's hard conversations with people because people have blinders on. They don't realize the things they're doing or the decisions they've made that will be seen as big red flags by the decision maker. So it's often asking people to do tough things, things they don't want to do. We tell them, look, like you have to be committed to working with us in this process because we have to flip the script. We have to change the narrative here and we have to take these weaknesses, which may be that you refused a medication, that you dropped out of psychology, that there's some, something that is going to show as a red flag or that you didn't try working at an easier job. We need to flip the script and you're going to have to go maybe volunteer somewhere. You're going to have to go back and try that medication again. You're going to have to get back into the psychology treatment because those are things that will, you know, you have to get the story that you are working on, doing everything you can to get better, and you'll acknowledge mistakes you've made and try to fix them. When I looked at attorneys to interview for people in the United States, one of the things I liked in Jonathan Ginsburg, the attorney in the United States, he had a plethora of videos on his YouTube channel to help break down all the different subjects that you could encounter. And that's one of the things I liked about you is you have several YouTube channels that show just tons of videos that allow somebody that's going to deal with the CPP or a private insurance to sit down and say, here's what you're going to expect. Here's what you're going to encounter. How does it work? You, know, you walk them through everything. And I would like to give a shout out to Jonathan Ginsburg. He was actually the inspiration for us to start our YouTube channels because that guy has been committed. Like he's been producing content on YouTube for years and years now. He has a similar philosophy to us. Like we give away everything, all the information. It's our marketing approach, similar to Jonathan, that rather than use billboards or commercials, we just want to educate people to empower people, many of them to do their own claim. But by using our information, some people will decide to hire us because they will trust us. They like our information. It's just sort of a philosophy. Jonathan shares that philosophy because he's done the same thing with his YouTube. So it's the idea you give it all away. We don't keep any secrets. We tell our process, which is the story alignment method. We give it all away. It allows people to trust us and to learn to make better decisions. If I'm informed and I come to you I'm going to understand, here's what David wants. I've watched his videos, and he's going to need for my case A, B, and C. And whatever that A, B, and C is, I better have it buttoned up and perfect so that he can present the best case for me. 
I think it's fantastic. I think the amount of information that is available to people nowadays, whether it be on spondyloarthritis, whether it be on working with disability, it really can help to make you a smarter advocate for yourself, I guess is the best word, is it allows you to just be the best advocate for yourself you can be. Absolutely. And if I could stress anything to people is you have to be your best advocate. No one else is going to look out for your interest as good as you will. For me, if people read my bio, you'll see that my first disability experience was when I was 10. My grand Grandfather, I'll make a long story short, he was a fisherman. He got he was a small fisherman. He got run over by a huge commercial boat, never worked again. He did a claim against this corporation and just got he lost <laughs> badly. And it was a case that everyone said it was open and shut. Like he was anchored, they ran him over, the other boat was legally fishing, but he still lost. And I remember how shocking I was. Like any type of faith I had in the legal system was destroyed at that point. He never worked again. And you realize that the system favors those who know the information and have a lot of financial resources. And most importantly, what I really preach to people is the truth is not enough. It's not enough that you're legitimately disabled and that everyone knows it. You have to be able to prove it and you have to prove it in a way that the decision makers will accept. And that's where this story alignment method comes in and focusing on what you need to do to present your case properly. And, you know, that experience made me obsessed with the law. It made me turn into somebody who was very, you know, I had a lot of even anger issues against corporations and things that I've had to kind of work through over my life. But it has made me a very strong advocate for people that that families won't have to go through what we did. Because I feel like if my grandfather had a decent lawyer, he had the truth on his side. It just was not handled correctly. He could have won that case. Wow, very interesting story. You hear these stories that change and commit people to future paths. And yours was being an attorney. And while I'm not 100% familiar with the Canadian legal system, I do know that the process for disability, like you said, you can't just walk in and say, I'm disabled. Where's my monthly check? I can't work anymore. It has to be one where the whole story is laid out, both the story that's visible as well as what's not visible. And, and it takes somebody like you to put that together. You've got both the CPP disability channel on YouTube as well as your Resolute Legal channel. And for listeners, I'll have links to all of this information in the show notes. Don't worry about writing any of this down. You just click on it. It'll take you right to David's information as well as one of the things you have that I just really thought was amazing on top of the videos is you say, here, here's a learning center. Here's how you handle the CPP. Here's how you handle a disability tax credit. There's just so much information on there. It's amazing. You can go through and just all sorts of great links to media, sponsored communities. I'm really just in awe of what you're doing for the disability community in Canada. It's amazing. Oh, I do appreciate you saying that. There is an, there is an evil <laughs> purpose behind it. it. Like we made a decision to just commit all of our marketing money to building resources for people. We send out over 100 books a month, maybe even more than that now, actually, across the country. That's our marketing budget. And I hired, actually, I, we have a content team who are work with us uh, in-house. We have our own content people. So we've just chosen this way to, to do our marketing because we feel like if you put things out in there good, if you do good in the world, good things come back. That is essentially what it boils down to. I actually learned it from a lawyer down in Virginia. It's all the same. Canada and the US, the court cases work the same. It's really all the same. It's all about telling the most powerful story. Our job, I believe, as a lawyer, our first priority is to empower people to make the right decisions. And that has to start before you hire a lawyer. So as somebody's looking at all this different 
information. One thing I, I'd be remiss if I guess I didn't touch on, how do you get compensated? Is it like in the United States where you get a percentage of any back disability pay? How, how do they retain you as their attorney? Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's the exact system as the U.S. So how it works is no one on a disability claim could afford to hire a lawyer if the lawyer is required to be paid up front or paid during the case. So how it works is no matter the type of disability claim, we do it the same on all of them. We would get a percentage of the back pay. So by the time we get the claim approved or reach some type of settlement, there will be back pay owed and the fee is a percentage of that back pay. And then the person would keep all of the payments coming forward if the claim's approved, that kind of thing. That's one less worry for the person. They're generally out of work and facing a, a several dire situations so that they just don't have the option to say, I'll hire an attorney with a retainer fee up front. That contingency basis is really a, a fantastic method. The contingency fee was it was started in the U.S. and it, it is in Canada as well. It's to allow people to hire a lawyer who otherwise could not afford to. And it takes away the risk that if you lose, then you don't have to pay anything. And especially in cases like Canada Pension Disability, there's usually a back pay owed, but the majority of the value for people is in the future payments. Like sometimes the back pay might be ten or $15,000, but there's two to $500,000 of value of future payments. So in those cases, like it may seem like hiring a lawyer, well, would I want to do it? But yeah, you'll pay a percentage of that back pay, but you're going to get those hundreds of thousands of future benefits guaranteed. And what I try to stress to people is really learn to make good decisions and understand that you can lose a winnable case. It's not enough that you know that you, because so many people come to us and they're just think this is a sure thing. No, it is not a sure thing. You have to tell the right story and you have to identify the weak points in your case. And really where a lawyer helps people is usually people are blind to what their weak points are. And so they never really address them or they make excuses about them, which is even worse. Keep that in mind. But I also encourage people to try on their own as long as they educate themselves how to get that application in, how to do those first few appeals. If I understand this right, you have three offices, one in Toronto, one in Halifax, and one in Moncton. Yep, that's right. But if somebody's calling in from British Columbia, you can still assist them or find an attorney that can assist them. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. For certain cases, we can directly represent them, like like Canada Pension Disability and uh, or Disability Tax Credit, these types of things. But for other things, if we can't do it, we will refer them to other lawyers. But we, we try to help everyone. Like anyone who contacts us, we'll put you in touch with information or other lawyers if we're not able to help. Sometimes lawyers are not the right choice. Often the right choice for you is not a lawyer. <laughs> we tell that to a lot of people. And uh, there's other alternatives out there. So we firmly believe you should only use a lawyer when necessary and for as short a time as possible. Nobody likes working with a lawyer. We really focus on trying to get people in and out as quickly as possible because we know the faster we resolve things, the happier people are with us. And David, in addition to all the great things that you're doing for anybody with any type of disability in Canada, if somebody signs up for your newsletter and gets involved with your Resolute Legal Inside newsletter and community, you actually do a weekly Q&A Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern time, but you are a other attorneys, do you get on and answer some questions for people? Is that how that live session works? Mostly it's me and our videographer within the firm. We we will do a presentation each week and then do a live Q&A for about half an hour to 45 minutes. And it's only open to people who are on our newsletter list. And one other thing I did forget to mention is people who are on the email list. Also, we have a private members area where we have exclusive things like courses. We have a course on how to apply for CPP disability that has like 30 or 40 videos. So you get kind of exclusive things if you join our community and participate in that type of thing. For anybody listening, I'll have a link in the show notes directly to sign up to Resolute 
Legal's Insider Newsletter and Community, and that way you can get in there, take the course. You might find that you need David's help. You might find that the course walked you through and answered the questions you had. But either way, what a great way to have access to an attorney who's willing to donate some of his time to help out the community as a whole, regardless of what your disability is. David, that's amazing that you do that. It's the highlight of my week, and I'm not even exaggerating on that. Since the firm's grown so big, I no longer am the frontline guy taking calls and doing things. So this is my one time in the week when I get to talk to actual people, interact with people who are out there you know, dealing with the issues, and I really look forward to it. It actually is the highlight of my week. A lot of things get canceled so that we never have to cancel that every Thursday at 3 Eastern. Everybody gets signed up. Matter of fact, even though I'm not Canadian, David, can I sign up for it? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You guys are going to see me in there. I'll try to make all the meetings. I missed the one, but we're going to look at going forward. And for me, I just want to learn how the Canadian system works to be just become a more knowledgeable person. So, David, what a fantastic benefit. Yeah, and we record all the episodes. So once you get into our members area, you can see all the past topics. Like in our last one, we did yesterday, the topic was what information, medical information is the insurance company allowed to give to your employer? So we covered that as a topic and then we answered a bunch of questions. And while you were talking, I signed up. That's how easy it is. (laughs) I hope all my listeners go out and sign up. I think it's an awesome deal and that's just great. Again, this is David Brennan with Resolute Legal, which is a legal service for helping people with disability in Canada. Your website is resolutelegal.ca and that's R-E-S-O-L-U-T-E-L-E-G-A-L dot C-A. And again, don't worry about writing all that down. I, I give it just so it's there, but go to the show notes, click on David's name as the guest. That'll take you to David's guest page on my website where you'll find links to his YouTube channels, his giveaway of the books that we discussed, as well as his office contact information. All that'll be listed there for you. So don't think you got to write it down if you're listed in your car. When you get home, just go back to my website, Spondy podcast.com. Click on David's name. It'll take you right to everything to get in touch with David and right to all of his websites. So again, David, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate what you're doing. It's so good to connect again with people that are willing and able to try and assist the Spondy community. And again, I thank you for everything you're doing. I appreciate that, Jason. And I, I really like what you're doing with this podcast and you're, you're a real benefit to the community. I really appreciate what you're doing. Well, thank you. And I hope if you need assistance, please contact David. Worst case, let him review what you're doing and maybe he can assist you and help you out. So again, thank you so much for your time, David. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Take care.